uh, when we first came on a visit, uh, she pulled me to the side and, and she said, are you thinking about bringing your baby here? And I said, yes, ma'am, we are. Yes, ma'am, we are. And she said, uh, you bring your baby here and I'll spoil him. Don't you worry about it. You know, I know and you know that that's not going to be everywhere. Welcome to the Tiger Alumni Podcast from East Texas Baptist University. My name is Carrie Johnson, class of 1994. And as the Director of Alumni Relations at ETBU, I'll be your host. Every day I have the opportunity to meet and visit with phenomenal alumni of various ages and stages in life. I always feel a little guilty that others don't get to hear what we talk about. So we've decided to capture some of those conversations with the hopes of sharing them with you. I'm so glad you're here. Today I get to visit with Pete Rose, a 1996 graduate from Mena, Arkansas. What's your position there? I am assistant principal, dean of students, building manager, um, security team member, <laughs> uh, the administrators. We, we went through, our sheriff put us through training uh, about five years ago, we, we became a select bunch of us became deputies. So, so we are also badge carrying, uh, gun toting administrators. So we're, we're on duty every day. And wow. So when, when we have a, a high alert situation, we already have people in place. And I also have a deputy, uh, uh, here in the building with me every day. And, uh, so do the other campuses. So, wow. And you have yeah. a, you have a military background. I'm a former Marine. Yes. Okay. Um, when was the last time you were on campus at ETBU? Was it when we moved your son in or have you been back? It was, it was. no, actually, you know what? I did come back. I came back and uh, I come down and uh, went fishing with Austin on a, I believe it was probably Memorial day. Oh, okay. Tell me and, what, uh, when you got on campus, what was the same and what was different? A lot of things were um, familiar, but very few things were the same. Um, um, of course, the baseball field and, and uh, Ornellis, are, they're still in the same places. They're still in the same spots. Uh, but so, so much improvement has been done and uh, everything is so much larger the the dorms and uh, we lived in family housing and uh wow the those dorms or family houses that are down there now are just magnificent looking and uh, of course the football field did not exist we didn't have football and so this, there's all of that and it's just it's incredible yeah what what years did you spend um on campus when were you here uh, i was there 92 through 96 um, what brought you to ETBU? Um, we, we were just gotten out of the, the Marines. We had had our first child and, um, didn't really know what we were going to do next. Uh, and it was, it was a, it was a very tough and trying, uh, time in our, in our life, in our marriage. Uh, because I thought, kind of thought I'd just be a Marine forever. And uh, my wife did not like that lifestyle, and I was never there. And uh, so anyway, we moved home, and one day we were walking around the park with our, our, our daughter in the stroller, and John Purifoy uh, 
comes running up in John Purefoy fashion <laughs> and and says, hey, do you want to play some ball? And I was like, well, what do you mean? I figured John was needing me to help him do something. So uh, uh, he said, do you want to play some ball? And I was like, well, I don't know. He goes, well, look, we ran over to the ballpark and it rained. And I couldn't get on the mound, couldn't throw. So we ran out to a little town called Akron and I threw a few pitches and he gets on the phone and, and I didn't know who he was talking to. He was talking to coach uh, Jim Knight. And uh, he says, in the morning, we need to drive down to Texas and I want to introduce you to the baseball coach. And I was, I was like, I have to work. <laughs> I have to work for a living. And, and uh, I have to pay the bills and whatnot. And so anyway, he goes, look, do you want to go to college or not? And I'm like, well, that's the first you said anything about college. Well, uh, one thing led to another. We drove down early that morning, uh, met Coach Knapp, and uh, I, I didn't know what I was in for. I, I took a ball glove, and and uh, I probably didn't even have any cleats or anything. And um, uh, I didn't I didn't have to uh, throw a ball when I when I got there. I met this big old tall guy, and he was uh, just. You know, I was very impressed with him immediately, and and we talked for quite a, quite a while. And then I said, "Well, I suppose you want me to, to do something for you." And he said, "No, all you have to do is sign here." And um, you asked that you started this question with, "What got you to ETBU?" I have a strong feeling that uh, it was it was a man named Kent Reeves, and. Uh, Coach Reeves was my high school baseball coach, my junior and my senior year. Oh, and, and I didn't also, know that piece of the puzzle. Yeah, he also coached my wife, uh, Leilani. He, he coached her. And um, uh, my favorite coach of all times, um, a great man. Yeah. Uh, the only coach I ever had that never hollered at me. And I need a lot of holler. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, he had to have played a large role, although he's never admitted that. Uh, otherwise, I, I think I would have had to have at least thrown a ball or hit a ball or done something for Coach Kanat. And um, so that's how we got to ETBU. And then the friends that we made there and uh, I have been lifelong friends. And uh, But John and Amy were already there at Purefoy. Mm -hmm. And I stayed with them for a while because uh, my wife wasn't going to leave her job without giving two weeks notice and whatnot at home. And so uh, it, it was just, it was incredibly fast. Uh, Coach Knapp also didn't tell me there's a whole nother big part of the story. I, I didn't, I did not attain a high school diploma. Okay. I wasn't, I was not a very good student. Uh, I'd rather hunt and fish and just play ball. I didn't think I needed to do any of the other. But anyway, um, about a week into being in Texas, there, Marshall, Coach Knapp called me in and said, you're going to have to take this test called an ACT. And I said, yes, sir, whatever you say. And uh, he said, by the way, you have to make, I believe back then the minimum score was an 18 uh, to maintain the scholarship if you go to school and everything. And I, I've been in some uh, scary situations a time or two in my life, but I was scared to death. 
because my wife had already put in her two week notice and they were plant. We already had applied for, for uh, family housing and all these things. Now, all of a sudden, instead of it just being fun and new and exciting, Oh my Lord, I have oh. to take a test. And, uh, I, I scored a 21 and I can remember waiting at the mailbox to get it out and open it. And, <laughs> uh, all I could think of was what am I going to say to my wife? If, yeah. if I don't pass, we're going to be in Texas. She's going to be without a job. But of course, uh, the ETBU family, uh, there, uh, help, help my wife, uh, get a job at, at the bank there in town. And, uh, it, I mean, just amazing, amazing group of people, amazing place. Yeah. Made a huge difference. Uh, you know, they say that there's, there's, um, uh, roads in life, uh, Sometimes or, or you make a turn in life because of a bad decision. Well, that's not the case with ETBU. That was that was uh, one of the better decisions and opportunities uh, that that came along because of someone else uh, that was being awful nice to to me, and and uh, it, it has affected my family. And I wouldn't be sitting where I am today, right here, uh, without ETBU and and. Um, uh, all that it has, has meant to me and my family. So, yeah. Do you remember the first time you did throw a ball at ETBU? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, um, John and I grew up here in Mena, uh, and, and our baseball field was the old McMillan park, but, uh, we would start and end each practice on our old field, filling our hats up with rocks off the infield because it was awful. I mean, it, it was rough. And so when, when I got to ETBU, you know, of course, coach came out and the field was beautiful. And, uh, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, I, I was really living in a, in a dream world yeah. because I was, I was building chicken houses and building sawmills and doing things like that and not knowing what I was going to do the next, you know, and it yeah. was, it was rough. So how did you um, choose a major? Another great influence in my life, great Christian man, was uh, one of my high school football coaches named Randall Horton. And um, when this was offered to me, I, I went and talked to, to Coach Horton. I asked him, you know, what am I going to do? He said, well, you're going to pack your bags. You're going to go to college. And uh, one of the things we talked about was, uh, you know, what am I going to do? And he said, well, he said, I think you'd make a pretty good coach. So uh, that that's the way I went. <laughs> okay. So, so you earned a coaching degree, and did you coach right out of college? I did. I okay. did. I went to uh, uh, Shelbyville, uh, which is south of, of uh, Marshall there, or a little more than an hour, and uh, I began coaching and teaching in Shelbyville School District. Okay. And so, but now, are you coaching today? I'm not. I haven't coached. Uh, I went out with a bang. We, we went to the state championship game in 2014 in football, and uh, that was it. Uh, I, I actually had, uh, when we left Shelbyville, we went to Corsicana, and uh, um, I went into, I coached for a year or two there, and then went into administration and became an assistant principal. And that was about 03. And uh, then uh, they called and asked us to come home. 
and uh, for me to get back into football coaching. And so we did that because we had raised our kids uh, all those years away from their grandparents and, and uh, no family support or anything like that. And so we decided to do that. We moved home in 2005. And uh, so I coached for another 10 years and then uh, gotten back into administration since then. So I do miss coaching. It, it's a, yeah. it's very, it's very different. Um, the relationships, we was ringing the bell outside of Walmart last night for Salvation Army and, and all the former players and things that come up with their families. And th- it's just a very special bond. Yeah. And of course I feel that I owe a lot to, to athletics as well. Cause yeah. it kept me in school. Yeah. 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 Um, I actually saw John at a wedding, uh, this weekend and I told um, him I'd be talking to you and, um, he, <laughs> he said that I should ask you about, uh, riding the bus. He says, I'll just say it. He says that you would get on the bus and that somewhere along the route, you would get off the bus and that you would this go f- fishing or hunting and t- then, have my dogs tied up and have my gun <laughs> hit out. And, and I would, uh, I, I was, you know, my dad, the assembly God pastor for 61 years and, uh, raised in a very strict home, but I was, I was a little rough around the edges and, uh, I, I, I was the redheaded freckle face that, that the teachers were not disappointed if I didn't show up. So <laughs> you were offering a gift. You were being generous with I, your absence. I was. <laughs> I was making us both happy. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then would you really hunt and then get back on the bus and be delivered home? Sometimes it would work out that way. Yes. And how, what ended this season of hunting during the school day for you? Uh, it probably never did until uh, I was a senior and, uh, I didn't have to ride the bus anymore. I, I got a, got an old truck and, um, um, I, I probably needed to go to school. I had more reasons to go to school. Uh, but no, I wouldn't go during hunting season. I would just hunt. And then, um, my, one of my best friends, during baseball season, uh, skipped out one day, went fishing, and then we showed up for Coach Reeves at baseball practice. And the next day, you know, I'm the big stud pitcher player. I'm, I, you know, we're going to go play Smithville, Oklahoma, and they had just won a state title, and we were just going to kill them because of me. And uh, so after practice, we had great practice after practice. Uh, Coach Reeves says, I need to see – Rose and Craig after practice. And I'm like, huh, he must, he's going to give me some really good advice. And he said, uh, y'all wasn't at school today. And I, I about swallowed my tongue said, no, sir. He said, okay, well, tomorrow, uh, you won't need to pick up your uniform and you won't ride the bus to the game, but you better be when, when we get to the field in Smithfield, Oklahoma, y'all better be sitting in the stands when I get there. And uh, so all the way over there to Smithfield, Oklahoma, uh, my friend and I talked about how, oh, man, they're going to get killed without us. And they, we had to sit in the stands and watch our team. And they beat the socks off of that other team. And then we had to ride home. And I, I told Coach Reeves this story. Uh, when we moved Austin in 
for the first time, I told Coach Reeves this story with my two daughters and my wife there. And, of course, he, he uh, you know, gave credence to the story because he, <laughs> he remembers too much, to tell you the truth. <laughs> he told some other things. But, uh, um, oh, man. But yeah, the, the conversation was different going home than it was going to the game. Yeah. So, such a humbling lessons such a hum- learned. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. for a coach to have the priority of not, um, the, of character building uh, ahead of potential wins and, and losses. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes all the difference. Um, if you could go back and relive one day on the hill. Is there a day that you would pick to relive? Oh, uh, graduation, definitely. Yeah? Definitely. My mom and dad, and, and although I was the first in my family to graduate from college, and um, uh, that was my my family, period. My, my uh, aunts and uncles, kids, um, all, all of them. I was the first one in the Rose family. Wow. And uh, um, I had some, I have some very, good, even famous, um, people, my uncle Floyd, uncle Gus Floyd, Gus Rose is, is the man that interrogated Lee Harvey Oswald, but, uh, none of those, they, they were always in, uh, they were always police uh, okay. job like that in the yeah. Dallas area. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I was the first one. My wife was the first one in her family to graduate from college and ETBU, um, and, and uh, the way all this, none of this, you know, I didn't plan any of this. Uh, you know, the Lord had all this under control. I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't in control of anything. Um, yeah. But the ETBU was, was definitely the reason and, and the, the destination in our life that, that caused us to both have a master's degree now and, and um, to be where we are. But when you ask the bus question, you 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 gave me a frat there for just a second because on the ETBU bus bus there was other things that occurred uh, on a, to away games we we had quite the time uh, I would always I was the entertainment I would always bring my guitar and uh, we would play and sing on the bus and and uh, I would I was uh, always tasked with having to make up songs so on the fly we would we would ad lib and make up songs and things and every once in a while those guys would bring up some of those songs on social media and embarrass me pretty good in front of my my son but um i'm just grind, i was bring, glad Bink that grimes uh, is responsible for some of that no, who, who is responsible bank grimes oh I was yeah. um, just having a moment of gratitude that there was no social media in the nineties. Hallelujah. Yeah. Like, we'd have been, we'd have been back there on the back of the bus with a deck of cards and the guitar going. <laughs> yeah. There, there would have been some, um, we'd have been doing a lot of running probably for coach Kanak, but right. If you had uh, five minutes to speak to today's current students, what would you make sure you said? I would, uh, I would want to make sure first of all, to tell them uh, that they, they have to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, out of all the things that I've done and lived through, um, he is the only constant. Uh, everything else, everyone else will let you down. They're wishy-washy. Uh, 
I, I, especially here in our community this, this past week, I've had to come counsel with some people and remind them, you know, that in the Bible, it says, you know, you, you should not put your, your hope and your trust in man uh, because they will let you down. We're, we're fallible. And um, I can't imagine doing these jobs uh, that we do and having the responsibilities we have and having to face life's challenges without uh, in Jesus uh, and, and always having him to talk to and the guidance. And, you know, we start every day with, with the scripture verse reading and, the, and just, you know, yeah, I, I grew up in, in the, a household with, with a preacher dad, but uh, we looked at several different places and Austin, my son is a phenomenal athlete. He's very good. Uh, tried talking him into to going out for to be the quarterback, and uh, he he is just absolutely born to fish. But could have played baseball also. Could have played football. Um, we looked at other places, and those places were quickly stricken. Just we just was easy to mark them right off the list. Uh, mainly because I'd been to ETBU and uh, I didn't want him to have to miss out on uh, having to go to chapel. Um, because when, when you're there, uh, I was older, you know, I was an old guy already, had a lot of experience when I came to ETBU, myself and Stacy Creasy, and a couple of those guys were prior military, actually, when we were there playing ball. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was it was kind of funny to watch those the younger guys look at things as burdens, and it was kind of laughable because they weren't burdens at all. It, it was a chance to go sit in air conditioning in a soft seat <laughs> yeah. and hear some music or, or listen to someone speak. So some of that comes with age. But anyway, as we looked at places for 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 my son to go, for our son to go, um, it was to mom and dad after we. Uh, came and, and did our visit with Coach Berger and and um, walked around bumping into people, you and just everybody at each of you. It, it becomes hard to say no as a parent. It, it costs more to go to a private institution. It, it does this, it does that. But as you look around and you see what your – child is going to be marinated in versus other places that made your eyes bug out. Um, it, it was easy for, for me and my wife to say, man, I hope this works out. I just told his mom, I said, you know, we've prayed about this. Um, it's where you want him to go. It's where I want him to go. It's where he wants to go. Yeah. So, so that's where he went. But yeah, I would, I, I'm I'm pleased that he's there because of because of obviously because it's it's Christ centered. I was telling somebody about ETBU just recently, and um, about how the scripture readings on the walls in the buildings. I said, "Where where are you going to see that in a state funded institution? Where?" 
And they said, you're not. I said, you're not. You're not going to see it. I said, does it make a difference? And they said, yes, it makes a difference. I said, it makes a difference. Yeah. All of those things make a difference. So it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a choice just like uh, anything that, that we have to make. And, um, you know, in education, we always have that we're supposed to use as a guiding principle in decision-making best practice. Well, I think it's best practice to, to try to be around as many of uh, believers as you can be. I want to tell you this too. He has bragged more about professors and, and I, I just love being able to tell other people that, that their kids go somewhere else. And, and old Austin, he has just bragged and bragged about the staff and everything. And, yeah. and uh, I, I keep telling him about Miss Marty. I can't remember her last name anymore. Dr. Marty Warren. Awesome human being. Yeah. Awesome human being. She, she did. I mean, she just, I'll never forget her and what she did for me because I, there's no way I could have passed that class, uh, a so, statistics class with no math background. <laughs> I still don't know how I got in there. <laughs> Did she tutor but, you for her class or for others as well? She she tutored me in for her class, I, I, like two hours a day daily. Uh, I even had to talk to Coach Kanai about missing practice uh, to go to 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 see her when she was available. Um, and she, I made a B in that class, mm. but I aced my final. I aced my final. Oh, yeah. And uh, to this day, I tell people, if, if you try, you can learn anything. Yeah. If you have a good, if you have a good teacher. And uh, because I didn't, I didn't have a clue about statistics and uh, to make a B in a class that you don't have any foundation for is pretty remarkable, but proof that if you put the time in, you can, if that person's willing to help you. So, yeah, she's a, she she's was my a hero. great teacher and a great friend, great person. Um, is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't mentioned? Uh, I honestly, I could sit here and talk all day long about ETBU and about the folks. Um, uh, Dr. Tankersley was there, uh, thought the world of him. And of course, Brother Bob was there. And um, just uh, just the off-the-cuff conversations with those type of people. And, uh, you know, to never, I've never spoken to them since, but... Um, you know, they, they leave a, they leave a mark that you can't get off and, uh, it's a good stain. There's good stains and bad stains. And uh, that's one of those marks. I'm, I'm proud that I was there and I went through and, um, I don't believe I'd have got it anywhere else. You can't beat that. And then while we were there in Marshall, we met some other unbelievable Christians, you know, that are lifelong friends, Dr. Doug Duncan and Oh, yeah. and their family are are just very 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 close to us um david cohe and his family and uh, there was a guy going through at at the time i was uh, we were there in college and uh 
we would sing and do things and, and have fun. And then after we graduated, we all got back together and we formed a Southern Harmony uh, a group called the Southern Harmony Boys. And we sang there. Was we that, got to come back and sing a couple of times. Was Joseph Ellenberg? Was that Joseph Ellenberg, okay. myself, and David Cohey were the founding members. All right. And we, we started the Southern Harmony Boys, and we traveled and sang even after we moved. Uh, I, I had to leave the group after about a year of trying to travel from Corsicana. And uh, when I left, they got a replacement for me, and they added a bass and uh, a bass singer. And and they they actually went crazy there for a little while, did a lot of good stuff. And uh, anyway, good good family, just just a lot of a lot of good people there in Marshall that that we uh, you know still think the world of. And uh, I mean, there's there's always. Um, Coach, Coach Burt West was there. Oh, yeah. David Simpson. You know, I, I communicate with David regular through social media or texting or something like that. You know, yeah. just just good people. Just good people. If I say the light on the hill never dies, what comes to your mind? Oh, that the light on the hill out there in front of the Marshall Hall, I guess. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was there when we were there. It's there now. It's just, it's just prettier. Um, <laughs> the light on the hill never dies. I, I tell you, uh, I always say something. One of the songs that we've been singing my whole life, uh, live on stage, uh, is by the Hensons, The Lighthouse. And uh, a lot of times I'll try to segue. Uh, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's probably not so good. <laughs> but uh, I try to segue in and, uh, you know, I always talk about that light on the hill and, uh, how it's never going out. It's always there. All you got to do is look at, yeah. uh, and how it, it leads us home. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's always good. You know, I guess when you, when you drive by there at, at uh, Marshall, you know, I always look up that driveway toward Marshall Hall and, uh, and it's, uh, it's always up there and uh, it's just kind of, it's kind of a constant, but, um, uh, and it's always a reminder, you know, makes you, makes you have to get a little, a little into your mind a little bit and think about what all it really means, yeah. not just a, a light sticking up up there, but, right. right. But, hopefully, hopefully people, um, encounter Jesus when they're here for a season, Ho- hopefully he is the light that never dies. And I, I love my job because I, I've, I'm old and I never left. And so I'm here, but I've watched hundreds and thousands, honestly, of people that God guides and leads to marshal for a season. And then they go out literally into the world. And right. uh, I'm, it's so motivating to, to be um, here and be a part of all those different stories. And then now I get to hear stories that I wasn't necessarily a part of, but there's still that thread of, um, of commonality and consistency, um, that we, no matter when we did our time here on the Hill and no matter what our experiences were like individually, we have that in common and it kind of brings us together. So I love that part of my job. Really? It, you know, you, the word, uh, uh, family is used 
very cliche sometimes, uh, but uh, I think it's much more. Before we left, I got to tell you this: before we left, uh, when we brought when we had the the freshman day and mm-hmm. all that move-in day, mm-hmm. I took my daughters and my wife, and we 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 went we found the door open, and uh, we went into the cafeteria. And I found um, in the cafeteria. Uh, yes, the older African American lady. Oh, Miss Ella. Uh, when we first came on a visit, uh, she pulled me to the side and and she said, "Are you thinking about bringing your baby here?" And I said, "Yes, ma'am, we are. Yes, ma'am, we are." And she said, uh, "You bring your baby here, and I'll spoil him. Don't you worry about it." So. <laughs> I told them I've got to go and tell her that she's got my baby now. Yeah. And and she remembered my name. Oh. Uh, my wife, we all went in there and hugged her. Everybody group hugged her and got a picture. And, and uh, you know, that's another one of those things that, that uh, I, you know, I know and you know that that's not going to be everywhere. Right. And, um, and so. That's sweet. And I, of course, laid Austin go. Go. To, she always talks to him when he comes through, and he's that little Arkansas boy, and, and all <laughs> that, you know. And um, that that's just that's just um, money well spent. That's in, yeah. that's in, that's when it's investment, not just spent. Yeah, it's so. a great point. It's a great point. Well, I know that you're so busy, and I'm very appreciative. I'm so thankful that you were able to do this today. I was looking forward to it. Well, I appreciate it very much, and I, I've enjoyed doing this too. So, All right. Well, have a great day. All right. You too. See ya. Find Bye-bye. more Alumni Spotlights by visiting www.etbu.edu slash alumni. Stay up to date by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and may the light on the hill never die.